We hustle in silence, but we kill with success. Welcome to the Being a Ninja Show. I'm Joe Shung, aka Joe Fight, founder and CEO of Fight Fitness, where we help people burn fat, tone up, and learn to kick butt in life. In this episode, we get to interview Shashir Lakani. I am super excited about this one because Shashir has been my mentor for years. We actually learn about his struggles with heart disease and how he actually lost his father at a young age. We also get to learn about the amazing things the Heart and Stroke Foundation is doing and some of the things that you can do to help support. Enjoy. All right, we are live. I wanted to introduce a very special guest um, today. Um, His name is Shashir Lakhani. Um, He's a successful entrepreneur, had a manufacturing business. They sold it and he retired at 53. Um, since then, he's really been making you know meaningful difference through philanthropic um, opportunities at the Heart and Stroke Foundation. He's been with them for the past six years as a board, uh, sitting on their board of directors. Uh, he was a president chapter council for eight years, uh, OCAG advisory group member for six years, and he continues to volunteer his services there. Um, he actually uh, is works at a, a company called the Associate Senior Executives that I actually partake in, um, and it's a group of senior associates that have retired from business that help other entrepreneurs and businesses um, with their insight and uh, advice, which is all voluntarily. And he is the vice president. He's also a distinguished Toastmaster, and he's a recipient of tons of awards. Uh, I. I a, a huge list. I'm not going to ring through all of them, but uh, really, Shashir is here just to talk about his story um, of heart disease and heart and stroke, and some of the things that heart and stroke um, is doing. As some people may know, we are holding a charity workout on behalf of the heart and stroke, given it's February. Um, but Shashir, thank you so much for coming on with me. I thank you, Joe, for inviting me. It's it's always a pleasure to be in your company. And I need to kind of remind everybody, it is heart month, so it's a very good opportune time to be talking to you. And I must, of course, wish you happy Valentine's and the Chinese New Year. Absolutely. That's lots of things happening in this month. That's it, true. Yep. So, Shashir, I want to start off with um, your story because uh, it, it's an amazing one um, about how you have cut it with your life and, you know, how actually heart disease actually affected you personally. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think all of us have come across somebody in our family who has been adversely affected by heart disease or strokes because it's one of the largest killers in the society, not mentioning COVID. Before we go to COVID, let's understand the fact that each and every one of us has got a scar left from our history as to somebody we may have either lost or been incapacitated by strokes. So, in my case, my, uh, my hero at the time and my best friend at the time was my dad. I was only 21 when I last saw him. And I remember very distinctly him dropping me off at a railway station in England so I could go celebrate Christmas only to find a phone call waiting for me to say that he was no more. Those kind of scars stay in the back of your mind. And uh, while I was building and making a successful business, it always nagged me 
and remained there. So when I did finally, and fortunately, sell the business when I did, which was early in my age, I had the opportunity to try and exercise what I always felt I need to be doing, which is to make a meaningful difference in other people's lives so they do not lose their loved ones way before their time. So that's really what instigated me into looking at heart and stroke once I retired. That's that's uh, that's an amazing story. So not only did it affect you at an early age, um, I want to talk about how it even affected you at your current age in the last little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a survivor, and I know as as heart and stroke supporters, both you and I understand, we don't like to call ourselves survivors. We are thrivers because we stand up and learn from adversity and improve from what we have been handed out. It's, they say that you dealt the cards, but it's how you play them that's more important. And this is exactly why I feel I'm able to continue providing good value add to this wonderful organization. So myself, I'm a heart attack survivor. And uh, unfortunately, like most people who are able to get past this by getting a bypass or even stents put in their arteries of the heart arteries, I am unfortunately not a good candidate for that. So I am having to live with that condition. And uh, there's certainly a lot to be said about how we can still manage a good life by just watching our lifestyles. Yeah. So I want to I want to talk about that. Like, you know, I'm sure Heart and Stroke comes out with tons of education. I, for one, have been an ambassador for them for years as well, um, going around and providing the basic information. But I want to hear it firsthand from somebody that has survived it and is using some of the resources that they've provided. Like, what are some of the things that you're doing now? Well, let me go back a little bit and say, when I was in the world of business, there were a lot of people who are very successful, driven, always trying to make the extra buck because the wants never stop. And we continue doing that. So there was this open casket funeral. And these two young men, both investment bankers, were talking about Jimmy, who was in the casket, and say, you know, Jimmy, he was one of our best. He could make a deal no matter what happened. So the little old lady listening to both of them stood up and said, are you talking about Jim who is in the coffin? I said, yeah. So, so, so what did you say he was very smart? Absolutely, he was the best. So the woman turns to them and says, so why is he dead? That stage, that stage, it's an important message that we all need to realize that sometimes we are driven by wants. Wants will never stop. Once the needs are met, realize that you need to be making a difference in other people's life and especially yours. You're no good to anybody if you're dead. Right. So I think this was very important. Heart and Stroke was one of the first places I decided to venture into. Once I was retired, I was like a kid in a candy store, still had lots of life in me, still wanted to make a difference. So I could learn anything I wanted. I walked into the Richmond Hill office, second floor. I went up there and I said, I want to volunteer. I said, OK, fill in this form, resume, blah, blah, blah. Did all that. She said, well, well, I think you might want to be doing a little bit more leadership stuff than just being a volunteer. I said, no, let me start off by picking up the boxes for you. That's how I started. And then they continually, everybody stepped back and I kept getting promoted for some reason or the other, ended up being on their board. But by having done that, those steps, 
having been in all the different positions within the organization, I had a wonderful perspective of how the whole organization, which is one of the largest charities, obviously, in Canada, is, is performing and what is it doing right? What could it do even better? So it gave me a perspective from both ends of the spectrum, being at the board as well as being at the community level and the resources, the resources, the research that Heart and Stroke has done is phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. If you want me to elaborate, I can. Sure. Sure, but two things I just heard that were that, that I want to repeat for everybody, everybody watching or listening. Um, number one, number one was just the the leadership skills. It just shows that how great of an entrepreneur you were because you started from the bottom rungs to learn everything in the organization to get yourself up into the board of directors. Um, but the other thing you touched on is like you know how we always have unlimited wants. I heard this thing the other day about you know as we live two lives, the ones we want and the one we're living in now. And it's like, we're, we're too busy chasing something because we'll always want more, but we're not taking time to actually focus on the things that we need to, which is our own health, giving back and all those. So two powerful things. So, but I do want to go into heart and stroke and what they're doing. Cause like I said, like, um, I think a lot of people don't realize how much research goes into everything they're doing to prevent heart, heart disease and stroke. So Shashir, if you can elaborate. Sure, I can. The, the mandate of heart and stroke is to do three things. Okay, where is it? Three. There you go. Prevent disease, save lives, and promote recovery. Now, if you realize, the first one is prevent. Of course, prevention is better than a cure. We all know that. And the third one is promote recovery. There again, it's something that's in your hands. Prevent is also in your hands. Save lives is in the middle. Save lives is where the medicine gets involved. Pills, procedures, heart disease that cut you up, they do bypasses. We've done tremendous amount of things in terms of research to elevate that portion of our mandate. But remember, prevention is awareness of this disease. So many times it's preventable. My dad was gone at 51. I'm closing into 70. I've done better than he did. Why? We have the same genes probably but I still change my lifestyle. I knew when to stop. So those are important things. And saving lives is so critical because so much of it is dependent upon our lifestyles. I will promote, I will kind of go back and say, it was 1952, the year I was born, when Heart and Stroke Foundation was formed. So it's been many years. Since then, the death rates due to heart disease or strokes are down by 70 5%. You can clap, Joe. <laughs> this is the amount of stuff that we've been able to do so quickly. And if we're able to manage ourselves in terms of how we control our own health, it would probably be very, very important in everybody's life. And being a heart month, being in front of you, somebody who's a health fanatic, I think it's very important that you and your customers and your people that you deal with, your team understands still one in four deaths is caused by heart disease or strokes. 90% of infants with heart complications now survive, positive, as opposed to 20% 50 years ago. Clot busting drugs, you know the stroke, when you get a stroke, what you get, you got a clot, and it travels from somewhere in your body into your brain and gets lodged in there. 
and your nerve cells start dying, billions at a time. You become disabled. You can now no longer function as a human being and stroke never happens to an individual. Stroke, you, you know it's joke. Stroke happens to the whole family. Because if one of you is down, the rest of you are tied up for the rest of their lives. So such immense progress has been made. This kind of drugs were paid for. And the research was done by Heart and Stroke Foundation. So I'm very, very proud to be part of this organization. It's phenomenal. Really huge stats that they've actually proven that they've actually been making a difference. But the other thing is like a big mandate on prevention upstream, you know, and not rely, having to rely on the problem after yes. um, it's been created. Just phenomenal. Um, go ahead, please. No, I'll go ahead. Sure. sure. I know you so, so if we're talking about lifestyles, just look at what happens to people. We're in COVID. We're stuck at home. We can no longer go out to the gym. Places like yours, which are phenomenal in terms of getting people back up to health. So what do you do? Unlike most people who could have thrown their hands up in the air and said, gee, I'm done. I'm cooked. Business can no longer continue. What does Joe do? Joe turns around and pivots and makes his business possible utilizing the media. The medium now has become so great. In a matter of few minutes, you had me up now talking to you as though we're in the same room. These are the things that really gives us this opportunity. Darwin, when he said the survival of the fittest, did he say the strongest? No. Fittest to him meant the one who can best adapt and change. And that's what we are able to do. Exercising, so important. We all know we all need to exercise. One of my colleagues at the board, Dr. Pipe, he's a very senior doctor out of Ottawa. He said to me, he said, make sure you take your dog for a walk every day. Ah, I said, and he said, yes, even if you don't have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> that just goes to show how important exercise is. Then of course, nutrition, drinking water, Continually do that. Sleep well. These are routines. There you go. Thank you. These are routines that actually help us live a healthy life, a balanced life. Then there's, of course, the stress. The stress that comes, especially in times like this. Do you know how many people have mm -hmm. mental health issues being stuck in the home? This, this is stress. We can't avoid stress. But to turn that stress into distress is when it really becomes a serious health issue. Mm -hmm. So how we handle stress is so important. The fact that you and I are now talking online live can be considered stressful. Yeah. How we handle it. Do we get excited and do I fall over today? No, no, not <laughs> not I have to today. finish the interview. So those are the kind of things that really keep us going. And it's essential. The other day I was talking to somebody and I said, you know, you got to quit smoking. For years he's been smoking. He said, my dad, he was 80 before he died and he was smoking every day. So I said, no, 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 listen to me, quit. He says, you know what, year? I'm no quitter. <laughs> <laughs> I have no answer for him. <laughs> yeah, 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 you can't, you can't argue with that logic. <laughs> So it's phenomenal. Like, I, like I think just the just the whole idea of uh, the Heart and Stroke Foundation and how they've actually prevented and and done a lot of research. What things are they doing now in the future um, with a lot of the proceeds? I know because it's Heart and Stroke has 
has done years of fundraising in person and that's been a bit of a challenge for them given the circumstances now um is there ways that we can give to the organization um right now or what are there any things that they're doing right now it's, it's been a rough rough last year COVID has really decimated so many charities what happens is everything that we used to do was community-based which means we'd get you all together on a big bike or we'd do the Ride for Heart and Block of Don Valley Parkway. These things are no longer possible and likely not possible for another few months, perhaps a year. So if that's the case, how does Heart and Stroke still manage to survive by bringing in the fundraising that's required so essential so that research that's right on the cusp of becoming a reality are held up? How do we still manage to raise that funds so we had to pivot too, just like you did in your business. We had to cut back the overheads. Lots of people got laid off. Some of the offices had to close. And the researchers who are desperately looking for those grants to carry on are choking for help. So we've really put out a huge campaign to go virtual, asking people to raise funds, do events on their own like you're doing this weekend, thank you very much, to try and do things together and thereafter, whatever we collect, pass it on to these charities. Because in, in, the, in the problems that everybody's facing, government is certainly helping out businesses. Charities, unfortunately, have come at the back end of the situation. We do not get the same breaks that everybody else does. So we are hoping and praying that people like you who get the message out that we are still around, we're still raising awareness, we're still doing things virtually, we're doing lots of events virtually, including the Ride for Heart, which means instead of the big bike riding together, we are now going to suggest to people, you form your own heart-shaped route, go and complete it and get people to donate and sponsor you. This is still very, very possible. But in the COVID times, what we have done different is the fact that now we're doing virtual checklists, sign up a stroke, sign up a heart attack. These are things now very readily available. You can put it on your fridge, look at it every day and realize, hey, this is something I need to watch out. Webinars, we never used to do webinars. Now we're doing tons of webinars. So Joe, whenever you're ready and you wanna address people on behalf of heart and stroke, we can set up webinars for you. Virtual care. This is what's happening in the medical world, which not too many people are aware. Instead of having to go see the doctor now, we're using apps. Apps so that they can monitor you across the virtual lines and tell you, do this, don't do that. Your, your, your health is being actually registered and responded to by hospitals without having to call you in. I think this is where the future of medicine is going to be. For sure. Fundraisers are going to have to continue because if we want to keep this thing, keep rolling in the way it is, we ought to be doing a lot more of it. And for what you do, my friend, I thank you. I really do. I've been a big advocate for the heart and stroke uh, for years. And um, just to remind everybody, we are running a charity workout this Saturday, um, 9 a.m., um, it is going to be a charity workout. You can donate $10. All the proceeds will be going to the heart and stroke. Um, not only are, am I going to be one of the coaches, we're actually getting all our coaches. And, uh, if you've been to any one of our charity workouts, um, it's a, it's, a, it's almost like a party where you get to see everybody working out with you. So, um, great opportunity again in a workout, which is preventative, which is great for your health. 
<laughs> so if you haven't been working out, it's a good start. But you can also do things like walking, which is great. And I love, I love that the Heart and Stroke is, is still um, having some type of bike ride opportunity to raise money as well. Now, if anybody wanted to learn more about the Heart and Stroke, is there any resources that you would suggest they'd go to? I would certainly say go to our website, which has been revamped. It's got so much important information. For example, I knew of somebody who had heart fibrillations and he didn't know where to turn. I said, did you look at our website? He came back to me, he said, my goodness, you got so much information. So many of my questions are being answered right there. I don't have to go and try and locate a doctor. These are important things and I think are absolutely essential. I'm glad that you brought it up. Love it. Love it. So for those that know anybody that's suffering from it or anything, and I know given these times, people are afraid to go to the doctors and, and, and go out to places. So it sounds like there's a huge resource there on the Heart and Stroke website as well. We even have support groups now for people who have had heart attacks or strokes. So we get them together. They can discuss, talk it over. And as you know, support structures are absolutely essential mm -hmm. in everybody's both mental and physical health. For sure. For sure. Appreciate that, Shashir. Well, I appreciate you for sharing all your uh, your uh, wealth of resources, plus your experience is huge. And uh, thank you for uh, being on the show with me today. I must thank you for doing all that you do, my friend. My pleasure. My pleasure, Shashir. Take care, everyone. Stay well. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Being a Ninja show. If you enjoyed that episode, do consider sharing, subscribing, or even leave us some comments. It'd be much appreciated. Signing off. Sayonara.